Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum is on the air. Never send to know for whom the bell tolls. It tolls for thee. Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum is a call to arms for those American patriots who, in the tradition of our founding fathers, will stand up now to defend the Constitution and the liberties that it guarantees to each citizen, to each of us. That is our mission, to explain in a clear and concise manner the direct effect of each issue on the individual, on you personally not some anonymous being in a distant place, and to define in no uncertain terms the consequences of inaction. Let the battle begin. Welcome to Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum. This is Dr. Dan. Freedom Forum Radio is for you, faithful listeners, no matter who you voted for or what political party you belong to. Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum is not about politics. It's about principle. It's not about candidates. It's about conscience and the Constitution. Like the name implies, this is a program about freedom, individual freedom, your freedom, where it comes from, what it means to you, and most importantly, how to hang on to it. You're listening to part two of Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum with Tom DeWeese on the topic of Agenda 21. Well, obviously, one of the problems with that whole concept is the fact that it's that with that concept you will have mass starvation, mass disease, and mass death of human beings. But you know, of course, that their ideal population is 500 million people. And, yeah, they, uh, and they expect to be among the 500 million, of course, and that leaves 6.5 billion of the rest of us to fend for ourselves. Yeah, my, my comment is always, when I hear those kind of things said by them, you guys first. <laughs> you know, go ahead. I haven't seen any of them get in line yet. Uh, Jacques Cousteau said we needed to get rid of 350,000 people per day. Uh, and they constantly are, are saying over and over again that populations have got to be controlled. This, this seems to be the driving force, the fear of overpopulation. Uh, I don't think they believe that. I think they see it as a scare tactic. The examples that they use to uh, scare us into that is, is you will see the scenes from uh, India and China and Africa, places where they're teeming populations of poor people where the environment is being degraded where the water is filthy nothing grows and they use this as as the example of what's happening in the world and you know the the misnomer here of, of all that is that the reason those countries are like that is because they have bad government and what i mean by that is they have completely controlling governments that are very much in the model of of what Agenda 21 Sustainable Development really is. And uh, the main thing is, in, in the poorest countries of the world, one of the main factors for that is that people are not allowed to own private property. In this country, private property has been the reason, private property ownership is the reason why Americans have built wealth. We use 
our, because we register our property, because we're able to prove that it is ours, we are able to use that as equity for loans for, to build businesses. Over 60% of the businesses in this country were started in that manner by individuals using the equity from their private property. Over 60% of the employees of this country work for companies that were started that way, and that is what built the middle class. That's what built uh, our economic system. In, in most of the rest of the world, that does not exist. And so uh, people aren't have no means to bring themselves out of poverty. Uh, you never get rich working for somebody else. And, and, of course, if you can't invest and can't build new businesses and, 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 and begin to build progress, then there aren't any jobs in the first place. And uh, so these people live in teeming poverty, and yet they use that very model against us to say uh, that they have to have more of that kind of control over the rest of the world, and especially the United States. And, and they're, what we're beginning to see is our economy is beginning to collapse and uh, our middle class is beginning to collapse because of those policies. Well, that again is, is just emphasizes why America grew. America grew because of a free market economy and private property ownership. That was, that was the key. After the revolution in the 1800s, we had an explosion of the economy in this country. And the economy was local. Uh, I've often talked about that. I mean, when you were out west or you were in one of the, the, the pioneering areas, they didn't have banks. They, didn't, they had a country store. And that was your bank. It was the bank of the town. The farmers came to the country store in the spring and said, you know, I need, I need seed, I need this, I need that in order to grow crops. And they ran a tab all summer long. And then when their crops came in in the fall, they harvested their crops, sold them, kept enough for, to go through the winter, and then paid off their tab at the general store. That was the economy, and they had their property, and that's how it worked. It was now when this this effort to control everything centrally has degraded that system. Yeah, a, a bureaucracy, bureaucrats don't think of anything but minimal need. There are, you know, listen to what Barack Obama says all the time. It's about the need of people. Ever hear him talk about luxury? Ever hear him talk about making a better life? They don't. They don't think in those terms. And so, uh, you know, if, if a bureaucracy is running the economy, then minor little things. Uh, the example I always like to use is those little plastic things on the ends of your uh, shoelaces to help you thread your shoe lace into your, you know, into the eyelets. Uh, a bureaucrat would never have thought of that. Uh, an individual sitting around saying, hey, you know, a better way to do this does. Little pieces like that, step by step by step, are what build an economy and build luxury and make life easier. Bureaucrats never think in those terms, and so all you can think of is how do we survive pain and misery instead of how do we get ahead. And uh, that's what a centrally controlled, top-down uh, government uh, does to us, and that's what we're starting to see happen. And that is what, uh, when you start talking about Agenda 21 as the agenda for the 21st century, sustainable development, uh, which means locked away land, locked away resources. Uh, you know, in the old days, sustainable meant, uh, for example, the, the, the greatest users of, of, the, of the policy of, of real sustainability were the timber companies. 
they knew full well they can't go and clear-cut all the land and be out of business tomorrow. They have to use this over here, and, and, and you know, the trees are a crop. They plant new ones here after they've, they've cut them down there, and then next, a few years later they can harvest these over here. And do that. That's sustainability. That's why they've been in business for 150 years. But uh, they use that term, sustainable, and people think, oh, that's what they mean by it. Yeah, we're going to protect, we're going to you know, just make sure that our, our resources are not overused. And What's wrong with that? Because it's not that. It is locked away. Watch what the EPA is doing, step by step by step. They are destroying companies. They are destroying our ability to have energy. They are destroying our economy uh, by locking everything away and saying, no, 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 no. That ain't a free society, and that is not going to lead us to any kind of prosperity ever. Well, that really is the direct attack on private property. When they, you can lose your private property by uh, if the government steals it through abuse of eminent domain. You can also lose it if they tax you to the point where you cannot afford to pay taxes. And you can lose it by regulation. I call that theft by regulation. You have the right, not just if you own the property, you have the right to use it and enjoy it. If the government comes in and says, yeah, you can own that, but I won't let you do this, I won't let you do this on your property or that on your property, essentially it's not even your property. This, yeah, absolutely. And, and as we have been working to try to come up with ways to counter this, to help people in the local communities fight back against a lot of these policies, um, one of the things that's been happening, uh, we've had several states, Alabama being the main one, passing legislation saying it's anti-Agenda 21, it's pro-property rights. Uh, they, they sell the bill as we're going to ban Agenda 21 here, we're going to protect property rights. And I have argued that, unfortunately, some of these bills are toothless because, first of all, you have to define your terms. You have to say what you really mean by all that. You can't just say we're going to ban Agenda 21 because the other side, the people promoting this now, never use that term. They say, oh, this is all local, and it's not part of that, that whatever that innocuous 20-year-old document you're talking about there has nothing to do with what we're doing. So you've got to define your terms. And, uh, you know, if I were uh, 50 years ago to stand on my property and say, cross that line and suffer the consequences, that's mine, people understood what I meant. Today, you get arrested for that. Uh, so you've got to define, what do you mean by pri private property? Um, in our search to, you know, add, create the tools that people uh, need to, to be able to fight back, we went on a search to, to really define private property. What, what do we really mean by that? And what, one of the best definitions that I found, and I now use this everywhere I go to try to, you know, uh, get people to use this in their legislation, um, State of Washington, the uh, the Supreme Court there had handled a lot of Fifth Amendment uh, 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 cases that were in front of them, and they didn't have a real definition for private property. So uh, one of the justices uh, from the Washington State Supreme Court, Richard Sanders, in 1997, decided to write a definition, and I think what he came up with was the best thing I've ever heard. Th this is it. It says, uh, quote, property in a thing consists not merely in its ownership and possession, but in the unrestricted right of use, enjoyment, and disposal. Anything which destroys any of the elements of property to that extent destroys the property itself. 
The substantial value of property lies in its use. If the right of use be denied, the value of the property is annihilated and ownership is rendered a barren right, end quote. Uh, I think that, uh, particularly focusing on the use, because the, you know they, they want to say we're going to protect private property, and what that really means is we're going to protect your right to continue making the mortgage payment and paying the taxes. Beyond that, everything's in our, our uh, power. And this, I think, very clearly states if that's the kind of situation you have, if that's the kind of uh, programs you're putting in place, then you have just rendered my property useless and uh, its value has now been annihilated. We have to take a quick commercial break here on Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum. More on Agenda 21 right after this. Well, that's really what the goal of uh, regionalism, the goal of zoning, uh, property use uh, you know, ordinances is to prevent you from the full enjoyment of your property. That quote really crystallizes, as you said, it crystallizes what it means to be a property owner. Uh, you cannot, you just cannot be, you can't say that you have the freedom of use of your property if the government takes it away. Yeah. Think, think how we have been indoctrinated now uh, to, you know, if, if, if you say, I want, I want to be free to do anything I want to do on my property as long as it doesn't hurt somebody else. And people go ballistic over that. Uh, I used uh, a, a piece of that uh, quote. Well, actually, I tried to use the whole quote and, and, and help some folks in Oklahoma with uh, legislation there. And uh, unfortunately, they put in just one sentence in it. They just put in the bill property in a thing consists not merely in its ownership and possession, but in the unrestricted right of use, enjoyment, and disposal. That's all they put in it. They didn't talk about uh, how if they can't use it, their, their property is annihilated in value. And so the uh, environmentalists, the, the pro-sustainableists, went ballistic when they saw that, and they pulled out the word unrestricted over and over again. They went to city councils all over the state of Oklahoma and said, if this bill is passed with that definition in there, you will lose your right to uh, con- you know, to do your jobs in the community. You-, you won't be able to do any more zoning. You won't be able to do anything. Like- and-, and somebody is going to build a stinky old pig farm next to your, your property. They really hate pigs. And uh, they want to make sure that- that's always the example they use. Somebody's going to put a pig farm next to you. Well, the fact of the matter is that's not what we were talking about anyway. We're talking about unrestricted use of uh, being able to enjoy your family, your property. If you are, uh, we're talking about regulations that say how long your grass can be, uh, how um, we've got examples of people who are arrested because a grass died in their yard. Uh, people tried to put a little organic farm in their, in their yard, and they were arrested for that. And on and on and on, these kinds of my, uh, micromanaging controls that take away your way able to, ability to use the property. Uh, and and you know, if, if somebody's doing something that is damaging your property, loud music, a bright light that shines on it, a pig farm next door, a factory next door, if they're doing these things, there are other ways to deal with that. There have been nuisance laws since the beginning of communities. And, uh, but they, you know, the minute you begin to suggest that people have a right to do on their property what they want to do, then they bring up every outrageous 
example of anything it could possibly do on that land and use it as the, uh, you know, that's what's going to happen if you do this. And, and that's what we've run into. Well, what you've enunciated is that there is a difference between reasonable nuisance laws and micromanaging. And, you know, I don't think most reasonable people would disagree with reasonable nuisance laws. I mean, that's really a given. And even that can be handled most of the time neighbor to neighbor. Most of the time, if necessary, you can do so in in legal action between the two neighbors. But what happens here is when the government intends to steal your property, to what they're really trying to do is to force you off your property, and they do that by making these micromanagement decisions, like the ones you've mentioned. Why shouldn't you be able to have a garden if you want to? Why shouldn't you be able to cut your grass short or long, or paint your house whatever color you want, if it's your property? And I'm not talking about managed communities. When you live in a managed community, you sign on to whatever the community agrees to. That's a separate issue. Uh, And if you want to do that, that's your right. But for people who just live regular on their land, these kind of micro-regulations are malicious because they are meant to take away your right and your enjoyment of your property for ulterior motives. And, And then they're so concerned about what's going to be built next door to your home and, uh, you know, all, the, all those scare tactics, but yet they're the very ones that now are promoting, through sustainable development, uh, the building of low-income housing in higher-income housing neighborhoods. And I actually met with the, uh, the uh, official in Virginia uh, who is in charge or was in charge of, the, of those programs to build uh, low-income housing in, in uh, higher-income neighborhoods, and he was completely convinced, he said, that bringing lower-income housing into a higher-income neighborhood will give incentive to those poorer people to get up in the morning and get to work and take care of their property. And, and he went on and on like that. And we just, those of us who were in the meeting were just looking at each other. Because, you know, as, as, as one of the gentlemen who was with us said later, well, you know, they probably won't see those people getting up and going to work in the morning because they'll still be in bed from the crackhead party they had the night before. You know, it's just these people move in, and this is a way that crime is building. It is a way that uh, property values are being destroyed. But this is an edict from the federal government. And what I've just said is completely politically incorrect, and I don't care. That's a fact. Well, this kind of action, moving the low-income housing into higher-income neighborhoods, is a political ploy. Because what they are trying to do is to dilute the vote of the people in those areas who naturally would vote to maintain private property rights. And they figure if they dilute that population, then they can, then they can sap that political power that property owners have. That's absolutely correct. Yep. Step by step. So we've talked about Agenda 21, and we know that it's, it's really not a conspiracy, but what is is there a link or and what is the link between agenda 21 and what goes on locally uh how did that happen how did that document from 1992 get implemented uh down in my neighborhood get the answer to that question and more next week on dr dan's freedom forum as part three of this interview with tom deweese continues and that concludes another episode of dr dan's freedom forum join the battle on our website 
www.drdansfreedomforum.com. The right to own private property that cannot be arbitrarily confiscated by the government is the moral right and constitutional basis for individual freedom.